it's true. We'll go we'll go over that in another uh segment. You guys know what time it is. It's not Game of Thrones time. It's not Lego Batman time. It's not Marvel Wait, it's not? Jedi Spider-Man crossover time. It's not. It's it is Black Andrew forgot Star his fan time though. Oh my god, Andrew. <laughs> this guy. This fucking guy. It's Black Tower oh. Podcast time. Welcome to another edition of the finest Black Tower podcast that has ever existed on the face of this plane of existence and several others. Boom! Yeah, boom. Who could ask for a better intro? Fucking needs more. Not me. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. (laughs) Wait, what? No, wait. (laughs) Shoot. It's time for me to pour this up, and while I taint myself, I need you to sit back, relax, get ready to receive your weekly dose of taint. And go listen to the dulcet tones of Kate reading and uh, Redding and Michael Kramer. Oh, that's right. Indeed. Tonight's Frosty Mug shout-out is uh, Kate Redding, Michael Kramer, who, by the way, are two of the sweetest people you'll ever, ever, ever want to meet. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. But anyway. They're very good people. Uh, so uh, yeah, so behave yourselves in an orderly fashion while you receive this weekly dose of taint. From all of us here, I am Josh. I am the Sorobon Mahale. Uh, I'm Andrew, and uh, I'm apparently the Bajon Mahale. I am Daniel, and my hair is a fucking mess. <laughs> And I'm also the Almond Khan Mahal. And we are the boys of the Black Tower. The boys of the Black Tower again. Oh, fuck. I just realized I gotta buy another mug. And we're gonna do... Oh, no. Say it isn't so. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Who do you gotta buy? Uh, Critter. Mm. Oh, dude. I got a style mug I don't have. Nice. I gotta show this off. I know it's like critter shout out time, but I did manage to snag a wheel Ooh. and chill stein. Nice. It so that's beautiful. critter to beer in tavern and and wine spring in. Wine spring in. That's right. Yeah. So that's even like a trip shout out. Yep. Nice. So shout-out. you want to know a fun fact? I got one of I the fancy like holographic shirts from them. Oh yeah. And yeah. Tavira Tavern was kind enough to bring it to Watcon. Uh-huh. I also left it in the Watcon book bag that I had stashed by the registration area the entire weekend when Ooh. I was sick. So no. Yeah. Well shit. Did nobody pick that up? Nobody has mentioned anything about it. There was also was no name of mine on it, so Someone um, picked it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, someone someone wound up with a shirt, or so, somebody will wind up with a shirt. I don't know. Yeah, but who knows? It is but, what it is. Such is life. The will weaves as the will wills, and the wheel wills you to go to blacktowerpod.com. <laughs> well, that's where that's, all of our stuff wow! is. Wow! That was oh an impressive segue, sir. Every once in a while, I have a good one for all the like, really shitty, cheesy ones I do. And where it weaves, nobody knows. Especially oh, not Moraine Damadred. 
Oh, uh, yeah. And if you go to Black Tower, fucking spell five, tower. Holy hell. T-O-W. Oh, I'm checking to make sure a hyperlink <laughs> takes you to what I think it takes you to, and it doesn't because it's not updated yet. No. Darn it. it. It'll take you there, but yeah, it's, not it's what still we there. But it's not updated yet. Not but yet. if you would like a sneak peek into the coming Gathering Madness, if you go to blacktowerpod.com forward slash TGM, that is Tango Golf Mike, uh, or The Gathering Madness, uh, you can see the page we had for last year with the, the flyer for last year and the summary of events, which will at some point within the next weeks be replaced by uh, all the information the for the 2022 uh, I believe uh, Josh had. I don't know why. Like speech just stopped for me. Like just like the 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 English from the brain to the mouth just immediately stopped for whatever fucking reason. It's Josh, I think you have more for us on the gathering. Man, is twenty twenty two. For those of you who are in the live Patreon chat on Discord, feast your eyes upon the first official announcement flyer of the Gathering Madness. For watching live on YouTube, it's well, not live on YouTube, but for watching on YouTube, it's up now. Yeah, it's up up on the website. Sorry, as as I talk over Josh, Black Tower Pod forward slash TGM, BlackTowerPod.com slash TGM, Tango Golf Mike, The Gathering Madness. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be October fifteenth and sixteenth. We're gonna have panels. We're gonna have special guests. We're gonna have the things you know and love. We're going to have our annual Taste the Taint Challenge. If you've not been challenged yet in the Taste the Taint Challenge, your time is coming. We will be having our What Tales event. What Tales? Woo! Where we take submissions from you, our listeners, for your Wheel of Time themed cocktails, shots, or mocktails, or other beverages we request please that you make them like actual cocktails not i'm not going to be drinking no wheel of time themed cement mixer okay take that right back to where you got it from and please i'll try please to make wheel them of time cement mixer <laughs> there yeah. you go daniel i'm not saying we won't try it or drink it but you're not going to get any bonus points for creativity yeah, you, that um, is definitely correct. Which uh, you're probably fine with me because I'm really bad at recognizing mixed drinks because I just drink and I claim to know things. Um, the ones <laughs> you have to worry for, worry about are Josh and Daniel, who are very good at catching uh, just redos or rebrandings of existing cocktails. <laughs> and then deciding, depending on how intoxicated they may or may not be, whether they're going to call you on it or not. Wait, this so, is just a Mai Tai. Why is this? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they call it a Mai Tuan? It's weird. Ooh. Right? Why did they call it a Min Tai? I don't understand. Yeah. Because it's Now, right. if you take, and it is an existing cocktail, but you put a twist on it and you acknowledge that in the write-up for the inspiration for the drink, then sure. you know, you're, you're covered. Or uh, you, know, you could be like Jim <laughs> from sources. for the Ages and just we prefer try MLA to get format. as fucked up as possible. I mean, yeah, no, let's not do that. Let's not do that, Jim. Um, Jim um, has already submitted is... a recipe. Tree yes. has already submitted a recipe. Two of our previous Watt Tail champions. Tree? So, Correct. Yeah. Yes. 
Competition is I only see one year. response. What the hell? What the hell? Or did she send hell? it like somewhere else? She probably sent it somewhere else. She said she email it. Tree. Are you making a liar out of me right now? Uh, I don't know, though, because she actually asked the question if she could submit more than one. So she might not have actually submitted one yet. Uh, she just already has one Maybe she's planned. just saying she's going to. Uh, that's possible. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So, And uh, that's something else that as as uh, we get closer, uh, we'll be tweeting out and posting out the link to the submission form. Um, you can probably expect to start seeing that somewhere around uh, beginning to mid-September, if I had to guess right now. Don't hold me to it. Yes, there there will be more details to come. Uh, if not already, I know I posted it somewhere, but I was drunk and don't remember. So there's that. Blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. I mean, all things to do when you're drunk, not remembering where you posted a link to allow people to submit drinks for you to drink at a later date, is pretty low on the negative bar. Correct. Or I agree with that. Pretty high. I mean, you know. Whatever. But anyway, <laughs> blacktowerpod.com doesn't just have gathering madness information. What? It's got what else all... does it have, Josh? I'm so glad you asked. It's got all <laughs> things Black Tower Podcast. It's got all our social media platforms. It's got the YouTube. It's got the link for YouTubes, which you need to go follow us on YouTube so you can see my body language right now. Okay? In the words of Freddie Mercury, body language. You know what I'm saying? Um... And it's also got our merch stores. If you, you ever walk around and you see someone with a sweet flicker, 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 flicker shirt, or a sweet The Wheel Weaves bra shirt, or a sweet shot glass or shirt that says Two Rivers Sniper, and you decide you need one for yourself. Which you should. Search at the BTP, blacktarpod.com. Indeed. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's it, really. That, that's that's what we're talking about this week because Gathering Madness is coming up. Gathering Madness is always a fun time. We're gonna we're gonna do our taste of taint. We're gonna do Wattails. We're also gonna do. Um, we're probably gonna have some uh, watch parties, some live watch parties. We'll let Josh freehand uh, tattoo my taint hole. So that'll that's be right. fun. We're gonna tune we're in gonna live for that. Only only tattoos. only taints. <laughs> Gotta pay extra for that action. Um, but yeah, oh it's gonna be a lot of fun. So if you if you're gonna be in the LA area or would like to be in the LA area, uh, you know, fly you in, like a good drive excuse. in, get a hotel, come hang out with us. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. It's gonna be a fun time, guaranteed. Or you can or your money that back. Life is not fair. I was gonna say or your money back because we don't charge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will give a hundred percent of the money that we took from you back. Yeah, from you directly for the Gathering Madness. Yes, at the Gathering Madness. Exactly. It did not directly benefit you in any way. We will give it all back. Yep. Um, that being said, if you are not a local to the LA area, please make sure we will post uh, the area we're going to be in as soon as everything is locked down and finalized here soon. You please go ahead and try to book your flights uh, or save up your gas money as soon as possible. I know we're giving you about a month and a half-ish notice here. Um, look at your hotels. If you got a trusted friend that you can travel with and want to share hotels with them, by all means, whatever it takes to reasonably and safely attend, uh, do that. Uh, 
do bring masks just in case we never know what requirements may change or happen there and it being uh, California. I know California has a tendency to be a little stricter on the masking uh, than uh, where I live in the United States. So I don't, how, how is the masking around LA, uh, Daniel? You live around there, kind of. Um, I haven't been there for a while, but I'm pretty sure that the answer is there are places asking people to wear masks, but it is not a requirement pretty much anywhere anymore. Okay. Well, bring one just in case, because of course yes, that could change. Yes. Um, and the closer proximity you are in with people, the more likelihood you are to, the more likelihood that uh, you will catch something, not just the old, uh, world event, as I don't know if YouTube still doesn't like that word or not. Um, but just bring one just in case better to have it or not need it than need it and not have it kind of deal. Uh, yeah. Yes. Agreed. So with all that said and done, uh, we're going to get into tonight's topic, I believe. I don't think we have anything else to plug at this moment, right? Oh, wait, I, I do. Give me just a second. I'm, I'll be back. He's got to plug in his phone. Or no, wait, he's got to plug oh, in his laptop. If he comes back with a butt plug, I swear. <laughs> the only like, I, I, I will be equally impressed and disappointed. It depends on what kind of butt plug it is. I never thought I'd get this far. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Did I post, uh, you know, did I post a link in Patreon? I can go ahead and do that. There Please you go. go. Why right. are you walking right. stiff? What's going on here? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. That's in there. That's in there real, real deep. <laughs> Oh, all right, guys. Uh, well, Andrew, we're all having a good time. <laughs> well, you know, at least I was right. All right. Well, the the discussion tonight will be very heavy on spoilers. So yes. you know what time it is. It is time it's to ensure that you're all protected from spoilers. If you still wish to be here and you've not... Uh, read the full series that's fine that's great just know that you're gonna you know you're, you're gonna get spoiled oh, oh we right. i thought i was playing yeah. a spoiler yeah you are oh well you, you basically go. just did... okay here we go oh, go go the that one's gonna be funnier anyway welcome to the black tower <laughs> this is your spoiler condom if you have not read the complete works of Robert Jordan, The Wheel of Time, books 1 to 14, and also New Spring, big bad book of white arts, and The Companion. As I accidentally tell it to stop the sounds. Damn it! Well, I was trying to turn it up because it looks really quiet. Welcome to the Black Tower. I'll fix this it in post. Is your I'll talk over it right now because this doesn't actually exist in post production. If you have not read the complete this is what you pay for, Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, books <laughs> 1 to 14. And also, New Spring, Big Bad Book of White Arts, <laughs> and The Companion. You I are have a hard time the spot. spoilers. Spoilers come with side effects. These side effects may include headache. Nausea, vomiting, death, dizziness, 
vaginal penile eruptions and ejaculations, dysentery, cardiac arrhythmia, mild heart explosions, varicose veins, darkened stool, darkened souls, more vomiting, arthritis, hemorrhoids, or diabetes, virginity, mild discomfort, vampirism or werewolfism, gender inequality for the whole planet, spontaneous dental hydroplosion, sugar highs, even more vomiting, or maybe just a mild rash. If you cannot deal with these side effects, please leave now. For fear of spoilers, you have been warned. Uh, Malkiri Rob, you, sir. The original. You're a gem. I should have waited until closer to the end and then just accidentally stopped it again. (laughs) Just so that we had to listen to it a third time. So for all of you that are patrons, uh, if you have an idea for a spoiler warning, please please feel free to send it to us. Uh, Just record your voice. You don't have to include any video unless you want to. Um, And send it to us at blackhourpod at gmail.com or hit us up on Discord, preferably in our Discord, or you can DM uh, myself or Josh or Daniel. Like, hey, I have a spoiler warning. We'll probably ask you to email it anyway because uh, Discord doesn't like big files. But I like big <laughs> files, and I cannot lie. These other applications I've got a big file deny. in me right now. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? What? When hey. a file walks in with gigabit size, uh, that's about as much as I got for you there. Anyway, and a meg and a megabit security spike, That's I right. get sprung. <laughs> and and AES <laughs> encryption, I get sprung. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, so fucking nerdy, so nerdy. Um, but that's that what we do here. We do nerdy things. Like a weird owl song waiting to be made. Yeah, yeah. You can record a spoiler warning and do like more shoddy and make fun of us on recording. Who are ears to our ear holes and, and I, I have faces. a pretty good i have a pretty good proclivity for not listening or not letting josh or daniel almost at josh or andrew like what the fuck uh, not letting josh or daniel listen to the new spoiler warnings uh before i play them so it's always a surprise for them and if you want to make fun of me and not let me hear it uh then just get it to josh or daniel and i'm sure they can figure out a way to play it uh at right. least, uh, so I'm surprised during recording, and then I can edit it in later. Anyway, yep. um, <laughs> speaking of people that like to do a whole bunch of surprises, which they like to call pranks, especially on the Village Green, we're talking about somebody today. And, we're actually uh, super excited for this one. Considering His you're the only person on the podcast Sam. right now with a hat, even though it's a trucker hat, who are we talking about? My hatted friend, Josh. Oh, we are talking about the son of battles. The prince of ravens. The Two Rivers original prank star, Mr. Matram Quaffin. As mapped with one T. I don't know why that aggravates me every time I see it. 
If you're talking about the Wheel of Time and you say Matt with two T's, I assume you're talking about Matt Hatch from the Dusty Wheel. Mm-hmm. You say Matt with one T, I assume it's Matt Coffin. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, Matram is only spelled with one T. It's not Matt Hugh, which correct. is two T's, because we all needed that in our lives. It's true. Yeah. It's I love true. how the Phantom describes his build. Long-limbed and wiry. Like Slender Man. Kind of. Wiry. <laughs> no, oh, okay. so, okay, so Matt's like, my one of my favorite taglines with, when it comes to Matt, is um, I, I tell people all the time that when I was a young man reading the wheel of time my broody moody teenage years i was all about randall thor man i was like that dude he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders and like my moody self was like he's just the best now that i'm like more grown up i won't say the a word but now that i'm more grown up i identify with rand and more with matt where i'm just like look Leave me alone. I just want to go have a drink and chill and and maybe get a little flirty, okay? Like, I don't have this desire to save the world anymore. <laughs> don't, man. See, Leave me alone. Okay, that's, that's funny because I also had the same experience in some ways where I used to think that Rand was all 100% where it was at. But I apparently skipped over the Matt years and went straight into the, okay, it's time to get revenge on everyone and die portion. Because <laughs> Lan is now my my Young go-to boy. character. So so can I'm... I have some can I have some Matt years? Because I'd like a few of those before I go into You'll let's get let's see if it's an age thing, because I'm get there, still very much in the in the in the camp of Rand is still my favorite uh, character. Oh, he's uh, still up there I'm, for me. I'm just waiting on my villainous redemption art where I get oh, yeah, revenge on everybody. Don't get me wrong. I, I do love me some Rand. Like, I'm just saying is, as far as there's a character whom I identify with most, mm. you know, Rand is just like, oh, I've got to save the world. And I'm like, in all fairness, that is what his character must do. So, mm-hmm. And Perrin's like, I just want to go back home. And I don't want to be in charge of anything. Which, I'm not going to lie, I identify with that a lot. The big difference being, Matt's like, I really, it doesn't matter. I just, I just want to go have a drink and flirt with a barmaid and not do anything responsible. Yep. I don't know. I'm like Rand, but if instead of having like a random angry outburst, he just had random fits of drinking a couple of beers. He had um, random. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I heard I myself also in like, its confusion. I also Goodbye. like Matt <laughs> for for better or worse, I also like that Matt has I think we get some of the best POVs from Matt, some of the best perspective writing from Matt. Um, you like history, you love Matt. Yeah. You get so um, much history from Matt. So much he history. Has, like, he's also the first one. A PhD level history. 
multiple PhD levels. I was about to say with with several specialties, right? Uh, with all the specialties, every specialty. Um, but with, the original inventor of the Charleston. With Matt, he is. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's the first one from the Emmons Field Five who realizes, yeah, we're not going home. Like you guys know, the, oh, second, yeah. the second we crossed, with with the possible exception of Egwene, because she left specifically because she wanted to go on an adventure with everybody, but then learned quickly that she could channel. And I don't know if Matt, I think Matt had figured it out, but I don't know that he had vocalized it yet. Sure. But he he, was the he first might have been the first like, one that actually kind of wanted or may have wanted to go home to realize that they weren't going home. I don't think yeah. Egwene, once she left, ever wanted to go back. Yep, I think that's I think that's yeah. the crux. Is that Matt has the pang of I don't know if I actually want to do this anymore, but I don't have a choice anymore. We're doing this now and we can't go back. Um yeah, uh I'm actually gonna do a really quick recap of everything that Matt does in the Wheel of Time. You ready for this? It's gonna be super quick. <laughs> Matt catches a badger so that he can let it out on the green. Then he gets roped into this horrible quest that he never wanted to be on with a few of his friends who he never wanted to travel this long with uh, and ended up going ahead and hanging out with a broody, sick motherfucker named Rand for a while because he found out he could channel. And then he did a lot of trying to get away from things uh, and being pulled back in, very akin to uh, Al Pacino in The Godfather. And then he goes across the mountains to this other place, goes through a doorway, talks to some people, gets hanged, now remembers all of this different stuff, comes back, does a lot more, wishing he could be just getting a drink and not getting involved, and yet gets involved at every turn regardless. Uh, runs around after the girls for a while, meets an empress, uh, decides this is the one he's supposed to marry, uh, gets married to her, yells at Rand for being a dickbag in front of her, uh, saves a woman from a tower, makes a friend of the Hero of the Horn, adopts a kid, and then fights the last battle as the greatest general who ever lived. I, I, think that's I would ninety nine point nine percent agree with that assessment. I mean, you missed a few key things, but nope. yeah. I'm pretty sure it. I didn't miss anything. Not only did I'm not only sure. did he hang oh, out wait. with a sick motherfucker, but he was a sick motherfucker. That is true. He was. And he had a dagger. I would say he didn't decide he wanted to marry somebody. He was. It was already decided for him. He just acknowledged that he's like, yeah, I kind of agree with this. Fair. So a little column A, a little column B, but it's actually a Venn diagram, and we're both in the middle. Yeah, you also left out Uh, stomping on a duck sauce packet. And he made friends with several heroes of the horn. Uh, He actually, uh, that's true, because he, Bergita and him are like tight as fuck. Um, Oh, I hope not for long. (laughs) I mean. Um, But yeah, I actually also (laughs) left out one other thing, and that is not only does he beat up a duck sauce packet with a stick. He also beats up the <laughs> duck sauce packet's brother with a stick and beheads some dickhead Aiel. 
Oh, I hope somebody that's never listened to us just hears that he beat up a duck sauce packet with a stick. And the duck <laughs> sauce is packet's brother, half brother with a stick. Yes, half brother. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. His, he is the mastermind behind a brand new form of warfare. Oh, that's true. Well, um, several sort of. newish forms, but a new tool of the, warfare. Yeah, I was going to say, he thinks about the idea the other person is actually the one who puts it together, and then another person comes along and goes, yeah, but what if we could launch those anywhere we wanted? And that's yeah. like the... <laughs> God, what so, are they, what are they, what are they? There's, hold on, hold there's on, hold an on. interesting... Hold on, hold on. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta figure out, I forgot what the MOS is. What, uh... Because uh, it's gonna be... You can do it. Is it field 13? Whatever. Uh, all you 13 Bravos uh, out there in the army, you owe your origins to Matt Cawthon and the Dragons. So. <laughs> so those of you that don't know, nice. apparently 13 Bravo is a, well, that's a cannon crew member, but field 13 is uh, you have the MOS for U.S. Army uh, artillery. They fired a big guns like the howitzers. And then the Air Force came along and said, I like that. I'm going to take that and put it in an airplane. Right. And it works. Yep. And it's no. fucking terrifying. It's literally so, called the Spectre gunship. Come on, man. And then and somebody then. else in the Air Force came along and said, What if we put that at the end of a video game controller? And then... <laughs> <laughs> yep. I wasn't talking about the C one thirty Hercules. Or but <laughs> which is insane. Like uh, so all right, random military facts. Um so the, the C-130 gunship uh, that used to be almost exclusively used by special operations is like a, hey, we're about to die, save us, um, and quickly became a reliably a reliable reliable form of close air of close air support for the Air Force to support the other branches. Okay. It has a hundred it has one of the 155 howitzers in the aircraft. Okay. And the the howitzer itself is so strong that when fired, the aircraft itself moves laterally yes. in the air. Yep. So they have to adjust for the lateral push of a, of firing yes. a literal artillery cannon out of the side of an aircraft. Yep. It is, which is why insane. they often fly in a circle and strafe their target. Yeah, because they have what yep. three main armaments? They have a minigun, a slightly yep. larger cannon minigun, and uh, or, what is the second gun? I don't it know. Doesn't matter. But anyway, it can, Matt Coffin. It can put a bullet in every square inch of a football field in like under a minute. It's insane. If you want I, a really like, good like visual, Matt would love one of these. If you want a really good visual, actually, the Transformers movie did a re oh. did justice. Only have only drawback would be how close it was. No. These things are like you don't even see them. And even and when you watch like combat videos of them like hitting buildings and things like that, you know, you'll hear the, you know, target confirmed, you know, go, 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 attack, attack, whatever their whatever their uh their attack word is. And then you'll hear a tick 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 tick. And then it'll wait for like three or four full solid seconds and then the building will just light up so they're very 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 high up in the sky hitting things with 
stupid scary accuracy. <laughs> uh, so for the people that are going, Andrew, you're wrong. It's not a 155. Yeah, okay. I corrected myself now. It's a 105 millimeter mm. artillery cannon. Uh, a 25 millimeter Gatling gun and a 40 millimeter cannon uh, as well. So, uh, which is to say that I think this will be Matt's perfect playground because you get to move very fast, you get to attack from the flank, and you make things go boom. Yes. So, I, I think you, Lockheed Martin. Should start from, yeah, right. First in flight, baby. Wait, what? Hey, um, pretty sure so, it was the Wright brothers, but all right, whatever. I don't, I don't care <laughs> what you have to say about that. I realize I said that it wasn't that wasn't what I was going for. It was like they had like the first female pilots at Lockheed, I think, first female test pilots. Anyway, um, no, did you not know that it was actually uh, Wilbur Lockheed Wright and Orville <laughs> Martin, Boeing Martin, right? Yeah. Orville Boeing Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Matt is, is the young, uh, prankster. He's the young layabout in the village. He, uh, loves to play tricks. Um, our first introduction into Matt is Rand and Cam have come into town for Beltane. They've got all the apple brandy casks on the cart and Tam's like, let's unload this. And Matt's like, psst, Rand. And Rand's like, what the hell? And Look he's like, my sack. Right here. Look what I got. I got a badger. We're going to let it go on the green. He doesn't have it with him. He thinks he's super clever. And he's like, we got to do this now before we get caught or else we'll be put to work. Just as Tam comes out and says, oh, young Matrum, thank you for helping Rand with his chores. You know how parents Is Tam do. part of the now? Yeah, I was going to say, why does Tam sound like the original voice he, for Darth Welcome Sanders to this episode of, James Earl Jones. of Andrew and Daniel shit on Josh, who's just trying to do his best. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? No. My best. I'm doing my best. So, like, yeah, but yeah, it's it's in this it's in this first chapter of Eye of the World, um, first and second chapters, that we learned that, like, the play, like, unlike the TV show, which is, like, a very, like, holy shit origin for Matt. And the books are more like, a, oh, he's a rapscallion uh, origin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, the books are more like the, this is appropriate for children. And the TV yeah. show is more like the, you go back and watch the kids' shows and you're like, oh, there's sexual innuendos everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. Not exactly that comparison, but close enough. Uh, he's, a, yeah. he's just mischievous because they talk about how like he covered dogs in flour and tried to convince the town that they were what hellhounds like or ghost or dogs yeah. or something like that. Um, which this sounds like quintessential like down home southern United States of America jokes. <laughs> oh, like, it's I've, absolutely I've heard the Jerry Clower make that Robert Jordan would have engaged in as a small boy growing up in. It's, it's one of those things. Bible Belt. It's it's one of the two jokes in the series that makes me like want to ask Harriet if she knows if J if if Robert Jordan uh, grew up or was a fan of Jerry Clower. 
because the the guy like falling down through the tree and landing in the pond is reminiscent of a Jerry Clower joke. I know I've mentioned that before in an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dousing a dog in flour and saying that it's a ghost is reminiscent of a style of Jerry Clower jokes. I think I might have discovered something here, and uh, there's no way to confirm or deny it, so I'm going to say I did. Anyway. Uh, you did. So let it be written. So let it be done. Yep. I got you. I got so you. Let me show my taint hole to the sun. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, like Matt is one of those characters that is the, the most, one of the most fiercely defended characters by the fandom. Yes. So I, I, I would say from my experience that it seems like Matt and Nynaeve are the top two most fiercely defended and loved characters from, in the fandom. With Egwene coming in a very close second, because I'm, I'm tying you know, Nynaeve and, and Matt. Do you know what's interesting about Karen, that? And then a lot of people throw Rand to the wayside, it seems like. And what's interesting about that is I think you're right. But I actually know someone who stopped reading The Wheel of Time and like book two because they hate Matt. Well, no, that's actually what I was going to say. I was going to say that I feel like Nynaeve and Matt are actually the two characters who are the most controversial, which is one of the reasons that they're so highly defended, is that the people who defend them defend them staunchly. And the people who dislike them, dislike them vehemently. And, uh, or at least did at one point. Because it's a long right. series. And so I think a lot of people's views on those two characters changed throughout the book series. Uh, but it's definitely, I think that those two characters really on sort of opposite sides of the spectrum in some ways... Um, are actually the most controversial characters because they're the ones that get the most screen time and have the most things that are problematic to some people for some reasons. And they have a lot of those reasons that they're problematic to some people yeah. for some for those things. And the people who think that they're fine and think that they're good and think that those reasons are actually, that those bugs are actually features, right. um, are actually very feel very intensely about that and so you really have these two characters that are very well loved and very well not loved and that's why the people who love them so much defend them so strongly at the people who don't like them as much well and i think i think matt is one of the most pragmatic characters even from the beginning He's very, very roguish, very, very pranky, and things like that. But the second shit gets fucky, he's one of the few who recognizes, okay, shit's fucky. Like, we, we have to, I have to play for my supper. I have to this, I have to that. Um, he's, uh... I think he's someone who can recognize their situation more quickly than the others which is why he was one of the first who realized guys we're never going home like you need to put that out of your minds right now i, I would don't know if not I'd say rogue. I'd say like an early multi-classer to be honest with you 
Um, I, 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 would I, not... I would say a little bit of rogue, a little bit of bard, a little bit of ranger. So somebody that's like they're 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 kind of good in a bunch of different areas, but they're not really that great. Talking like books one through like maybe three or four. Yeah. Well, the in in the first couple of books, really the the standout moments you get from that is when they're when they're running from Trollocs or when they're charging Trollocs rather. And they're all screaming. He's yelling, you know. He's he's screaming, "Karai on Kaldazar, Karai on Elisande, you know, Karai on Menethrin." Um, and you know, Perrin and Rand are like, "Yeah, Menethrin, <laughs> yeah, Menethrin." And uh, you know, we just heard Matt's that like, story. Oh. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, we, we just watched that what? movie. <laughs> Five minutes ago, we didn't know what a Manetherin was. <laughs> oh, but, we... uh, I'll do you one better. Why is Manetherin? Why is Manetherin? <laughs> but um, Matt is is you know he he we get very early instances of him having the old blood. Yeah, he he picks up a dagger, right? <clears throat> um, which. A lot of people want to like give him hate. I, I'm I'm going to defend him on this one because he's a country bumpkin from a backwoods. Because well, you're town. a thief too. Yeah, yep. Moraine oh, says. <laughs> Moraine that was says, so well timed. Don't take any <laughs> gifts. Don't accept any gifts. And they're in a treasure room, and this dude starts blowing up like a balloon, and he sees a dagger, and he's like, and grabs the dagger to like in defense of himself. Like, nah, I'm giving him some credit. That's why they should have went to the chocolate factory. Willy Wonka had a much better handle on that situation. <laughs> Correct. There you go. New crossover. Emmons Field 5 in the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Who survives? Who um, dies? Ba, loom, ba, doom, ba, dee, doo. I've got another wolf brother for you. Uh, Okay, I just <laughs> dealt with the trauma of playing <laughs> playing the, the the fortune game and getting the bankruptcy meme played six fucking times, all right? Uh, Go check yes. out the Will Reads if you haven't already. There's a shout-out for the Will Reads. Indeed. Oh. Um, so uh, I'm actually, I'm actually going to disagree with you here, Josh. I know that we're supposed to agree all the time always, uh, that's and that's right. really what our podcast is about. From the what we do behind the scenes, this is scripted. Don't worry, I'll edit yeah. this out in post. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, um, don't let everybody know our secrets, man. I actually think Get access to the Matt, script on our Patreon. <laughs> I actually think that Matt is not very pragmatic up until book four. Ooh, okay. I actually think that he is almost exclusively out for himself and i am also extricating the time that he has the dagger because that doesn't really count because that sure. is matt for, but right. it's matt on horrible drugs we we lose him effectively we as soon as he picks up the da a dagger effectively we lose him as a character mm, i i wouldn't agree with that either we actually two. get a few times where he's good to Rand and doing good stuff until the dagger really gets hold of him later. Um, on the ship, he's mostly fine. For example. He's, okay, okay. As soon as he picks up the dagger, his character begins to degrade. Yes, that is correct. the sickness from Shader Logoth. Yes. That, also that is the dagger I, of the Gawain 100%. Plotline. 
<laughs> but um, interestingly, I actually think that in in book one pre Shadow Logoth and in book one post uh, Moraine healing. And then definitely in book two post White Tower healing, uh, I actually still find Matt to be a particularly selfish character. Now, granted, I don't think he's the most selfish character, but it definitely feels like he is looking out for number one more often than not. And even when the chips are down, he would much rather go ahead and run. He would much rather go ahead and get out of the situation. He would much rather right. go ahead and do whatever. And for some reason, whether you want it to be plot or Tavirin or otherwise, he's able to do that. It's actually not in my experience until he gets his memories restored that suddenly he has this almost innate push into heroics not for heroic sake but just because he can't stop himself from doing the right thing yeah and does a lot of very heroic stuff but i would actually say that it's about book four and the the trip to ruidian that really starts turning him into a i cannot turn my back on anyone who needs my help I will pick up all of these strays. I will do what is right for the sake of it being right, rather than almost always being willing and able to go, not my problem. Not my problem. And I will not be here when this goes down because that's not my problem and I'm out. Well, I'm actually going to be middle ground between both of you. How <laughs> dare yeah, this is this is kind of oh, weird. Wow. Um, normally, normally I think it's like Josh and I or Daniel and I on extremes. I don't, I don't know how often I'm middle ground actually. Or maybe I'm more middle ground than I realize. Anyway, um, we we learned early on um, and later on in the books that Matt was prior to his insane luck was always relatively lucky. So, Correct. I think. In, in the earlier books, in like uh, books one and two and three, I think we're seeing. I'm sorry, I just saw heresy in the chat. Actually, no, they're right. They're right. Never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, they're right. No, Xena is symbol, better than Hercules in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm blind. But, um, so I, I think that's what we're seeing in some of the earlier books is that, like, <laughs> I agree that Matt is. Very much still out for himself, uh, predominantly. Uh, he's not like that, doesn't mean that he's not cognizant of his, the needs of his friends, that he doesn't care about what happens to his friends. But ultimately, it's a I need to make sure that I'm taken care of, uh, mm -hmm. predominantly, uh, because he does still owe his friends some degree of loyalty. But and he does, he's I think it's a lot of his of his inherent luck that allows him to make the decisions he makes that winds up benefiting whatever group he's with at the time. I think these are the early hints of like, this guy is naturally lucky. There may be something to that. There may not. And, then, well, yeah. and actually that's is. one thing that I really want, or that I really sort of lean into is Matt in 
Tarvalon and Matt in tier. I really look at especially, and this is just an example. This is not the only time that this kind of thing happens, but right. both times he actually really kind of runs around dicing, knowing that he will win more often than not, knowing that he will be able to get the money that he needs and not really caring about anybody else at the table, not really caring about anything that's going on except for his singular mission right. that he has at the time. Now, again, I'm not saying that he needs to care about every single person on the planet to be pragmatic. That's not true. And if you're sitting down at a dice game in a tavern, you're, you're bound to go ahead and hit a string of bad luck because somebody else is on a lucky streak. I get that, and I have no problem with that, and I'm I'm on board. But it is sort of the Matt seems to tune almost everything around him out and the impact of what he's doing and all of this different stuff for the singular goal of I need this right now. I am going to get this right now, and then I'm going to be gone from this place. And once I am gone from this place, that is all that matters to me because I, right now, am the only thing that matters to me. And of which, course, there are a number which of is times. What I mean by pragmatic. Well, yeah, other. but that by definition means he is pragmatic. He's he's looking for efficacy in reaching his goals. He doesn't care about frivolity or if it doesn't have anything to do with what he needs to accomplish. He doesn't worry about it. He moves so, on. Uh, so I think I think the disagreement and and how Matt behaves isn't about his pragmatism. It's more about his scope and focus of what needs to happen, being selfish versus serving potentially a greater need. Sorry, you're 100% correct. I apologize. For some reason, <laughs> I actually had pragmatic being also a sort of like... What is, what is the word that then means like looking out for other people? Selfless. There's another Sacrifice. word that sounds a lot like pragmatic that I just oh. mixed that up with. Um, I don't know what it is. I apologize. If you know it in the Patreon, go ahead and pop it in if you can help me maybe out. Maybe you'll if win not, a prize. It's really not that important. but Altruistic? Um, no. I don't know what it is. It's it, whatever. We'll, we'll go ahead and... Um, <laughs> but... But yes, no, you are correct that he is pragmatic. Uh, I I do want to make the distinction that I made still, because I do think it's an interesting <laughs> part of Matt's character about his selfishness versus Lentric? his selflessness and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Smack. Good one. <laughs> but I do want to go ahead, or but I do still think that's an important part of his character from before he gets the memories and then after that he actually turns into a much different character in a yes. lot of ways. Now I, I will 100% agree. But the, the, the part of that that I think is fascinating is how much sense of self he retains mm. after having literally a thousands of years of soldiers and soldiering crowding his mind. Right. Um, and well, and and the first, to be fair, we do know that more often fair, than huh? not, he is actually just Matt, 
And then he'll like walk up to a map and suddenly be like, I can tell you all of the ways that yeah. you should go ahead and do this. Well, and like, he's mostly Matt. And then he'll be riding around and he'll be like, you know what we should do for scouts? We should do this. But like, I, I guess I'm less surprised that he has as much of a sense of self because it's really like 95% Matt and then like 5% Holy. other people's memories. How much of what he does is a stubborn selfishness where it's, no, I swear, I'm doing this for me because it benefits me. But then we read his you know, internal monologue and it's like, this is the best thing for the situation, period, not just me. He, so he either argues with in, in later parts where he's with the band, he either internalizes the needs of the band onto himself, thus making the needs of the band his own personal needs. So the byproduct is that it still acts in the interest of the group. Well, so, and and again, that is actually a certain amount of empathy that Un, people who are Unintentional altruism? Selfish, is, is, that, is that what Matt does? I, no, because no. I think it actually does take, a, I, I think it really does takes a certain kind of person and not a person who's actually selfish to actually make the needs of the group their own. Um, and so literally by taking that on as needs of his own, he is just making the needs of the group pragmatic. Now that we've learned a new vocab word. And so by just we, pragmatizing mean, the group's needs? He just needs? pragmatizes the group's need, which again is, he, is, is he actually just a boyfriend? type of... Kind of. He's behaving yeah. pragmatistically. I mean, we all know that him and Talmanes are actually supposed to well, end up together. They're in a well, when you pragmate it's, pragmatistically. It's absolutely Matt Talmanes and Tuan, and so, it's just a throuple. I I think the best way I think there I think we but have Tuan a is the third way. Of... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and uh, and Talmanes <laughs> is the third leg. <laughs> hey, oh. actually, no, 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 no. You know what? I take that back. It's actually just that they're in. They're in a relationship, and Matt is just the pivot point. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think point. that Matt can be summed <laughs> up in one scene from the movie Willow. Okay. The character Mad Mardigan, and they're heading over, and they're the brownies are like, "We're going to go this way," you know, and and uh, Willow's like, "I'm just following them. We've got to find uh, uh, Finn Razel." And uh, he's like, so where are you guys going then? And the brownies are like, this way! And he goes, oh, no! That's the way I was going! Dang it! Fine, you can follow me! Because Matt has this, like... You're glad you know what you're talking about. To keep. Did you yeah, guys not... me too. Come on, you can... I've seen the movie, but it's just... I don't understand what you're going for reference? here. No, I don't know what you're going for. Because I would say, I, here, here, I would actually well, say that Matt is that, the sir. opposite of what you I just said. Because don't he'll see be any like, reason why I need to watch Willow. No, no. And here's my example. Oh, it, at I the disagree. Siege of you Carrion, should watch Willow. But also, you should absolutely watch Willow. Um, should watch and, it is one thing. Reason why I need to watch it is another. <laughs> Fair. My um, time is precious, my friends. When when it he's. Is. When he's leaving the next time you period, go to watch a dinosaur YouTube video, just put on Willow instead. There you go. A fair point. 
When I when Matt you. goes to leave at, at the siege of Carrion, he's like, "All right, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm gone. Goodbye. I don't want to do this no more. I'm leaving." Okay. Some people are like, "Oh, let's go find some Aiel," and he goes, "Yeah, there's Aiel right over that ridge. And if you guys go over there, you're going to die." I can't just let you die because mm-hmm. I'm a big softy. So he comes over and he right. goes, hey guys, if we go this way and not that way over the ridge, we will find glory and victory. And they're like, let's follow this guy. He seems to know what he's talking about. He, he ends up like gaining all these followers. Vast majority of the time, avoiding conflict unable to avoid conflict in numerous other scenarios but in so doing is able to position himself to defend themselves in the best possible way and so people are like oh he knows what he's doing and he's like yeah trying to save your dumb lives this sounds like ferris bueller so actually i i think we actually just have a fundamentally different reading of that scene and that's okay <laughs> i'm certainly saying that but when i read it i actually am reading it what you guys but from, i read it in english fundamentally from, all right i read it in the old tongue what what language are we speaking horn sounder uh-huh. um, but i i read it but as you would like to sound they actually them. ended up not going ahead and avoiding very much at all because matt I swear that from the second he left Kyrian was trying to avoid everything and avoiding exactly nothing. And so literally he was like, he goes over to that group of people and he's like, Hey guys, if we go over there, we'll get glory. And then they're like, great. That sounds wonderful. And then he goes, also, we should put out some scouts that way. Because that's how you get glory. And they go, great, <laughs> glory is wonderful. And he goes, awesome. And then they come back and they're like, hey, that way is Aiel. And he's like, well, shit. Now I guess we're going into glory. <laughs> so then they go over and they fight the Aiel. And then he's like, cool. Avoid everything else as much as possible. Hey, guys, let's go back that way. Because that way probably has more Aiel. And then they're like, all right, cool. At first, they're like, you're a friend of the Dragon Reborn, so you're probably going to lead us to glory. And then he's like, yeah, sure, great, friend totally. of the Dragon Reborn. And then they go that way, and they find more Aiel. And then he's like, okay, how about that way? And then they go that way, and they find more Aiel. And then they go that way, and like it's just over and over and over again. And they just keep on picking up more people. And he avoids nothing. In fact, I think Matt he, ends up fighting he more tries to trying avoid, to avoid everything than if he had just gone ahead and said, hey guys, we're going this way and then we're going to stick going this way forever. <laughs> we're going this way. Yeah, exactly. So, Would you guys like a fun fact about the yes, Battle I of Kyrian and Matt? Always want yes. fun facts. Always. Uh, have fun you ever heard of a guy uh by the name Sir Francis Marion. Yes. Oh, okay. So this is common knowledge. Well, I I, live, I grew up in South Carolina, so Sir Francis Marion is is near and dear uh, to the heart. Excellent. Um, and the fact you that when I was in the military, haven't heard yes, of him. I am. Uh, okay. Very very briefly. Um, so the unit uh, or the base that I was at when I was in the military was uh, our mascot and everything was the Swamp Foxes. 
So okay. Sir Francis Marion became known as the Swole Fox because in a, during the American Revolution, he engaged in continuous, merciless, and highly effective guerrilla warfare against the British military um, around, I believe it was Snows Island, South Carolina. Um, so he would literally, run, like him and his forces would rush in from the swamp, destroy the shit out of British forces, and then disappear in the swamp. And they can never be tracked down, they can never be captured, uh, and they never stopped. Uh, and so the British gave him the name Swamp Fox, because he was as clever as a fox in the swamp. And of course, you know, at that time, the British still thought that you should line up line by line and shoot at each other to the face like gentlemen, a.k.a. morons. Um, so I love Francis Hey, if Every everybody's time, agreeing to that kind of warfare, they're actually not bad at it. It's just when I mean, nobody agrees to that, that it's actually, really... Tough. Actually, they're just fiscally <laughs> responsible. They're like, let's save money. So let's just stand in the line and whoever has the most people wins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so every time I read the, the Battle of Kyrian and there's Matt running around being like, I don't want to fight, I don't want to fight, fuck, another fight, and more people that need my help. Okay, I save them, I don't want to fight, I don't want to fight, and there goes Josh, back into the swamp, yeah. apparently. Uh, he um, blew screen of death. Oh. Oh, yeah, oof. That's no bueno. Um, but yeah, every time I read Matt in the Battle of Kyrian, uh, it makes me think of Sir Francis Marion. Nice. Which would I make like sense that. that maybe Robert Jordan pulled that because, you know, he lived in South Carolina as well. And that's right. a, a pretty big part of South Carolina heritage. It's probably like just above the old South Carolina senator that started beating people in Congress with his cane. So <laughs> I don't know what kind nice. of metric that sets for my home state, but. Hey, man, whatever works. Well, it worked. Yeah, no, exactly. Whatever works. I don't condone it, but it worked. <laughs> So. All right, so we'll go ahead and give Josh a little bit of time to jump back on here, uh, and I will start with some final thoughts about Matt, because I think that we're going to be on these for a little while, so let's let's dive into them now. Um, yeah. I think that Matt is definitely one of the most grown characters throughout the series. I actually really appreciate his character arc. Uh, because he really does kind of start as a not forgettable character, but as a kind of non-character. Because in the very first book, he ends up turning into a dagger fiend. And then in the second book, he's kind of just like a husk. And then he starts running around and doing interesting things. And then he gets really interesting semi-fast. Um... And then he just kind of gets better and better, or at least more fleshed out, the further into the series that you go. And by the end, you're really running around with this character who seems to put him, uh, himself out there for everyone. Uh, and as you said earlier, sort of really takes on this group of men who has decided to follow him, who he never wanted but also doesn't want to see get hurt, doesn't want to see go to turn to banditry, go to, you know, have anything bad happen to them and feels a responsibility towards them. He really does take all of their problems and make them his own. 
and does his absolute best to go ahead and give them a home, give them a family, give them a group, give them jobs, give them, you know, everything that they need to, to thrive in so many ways. And I think that it's interesting because in the books, we know that he really does actually have a pretty good family life. Now, I mean, it's a small town family life in a very rural part of the world life that he's not super happy with because he has great ambition. But at the same time, it's like not Francis a bad Mary. life, right? But it's not a bad life in some ways. It's just one that he wants more of. Um, and in the show, it's interesting because I think that they decided that they actually wanted to lean into it even further by making his home life pretty bad. And so when you actually end up going to the band of the red hand and you really have this thing, Matt now actually really has a family he never had. He really has a group of people that is that are close and people that he will look after fiercely just like he does his sisters. Well, they, um, they finally replaced one of the tropes of the of the trouble characters, right? You have the the abused character, Matt. Yeah. You have the uh, the broody, very focused character, Perrin, uh, talking about the show, of course. Yes. And then you, instead of having the rich care, the rich kid, uh, you now have the self sufficient kid, Rand. Sure. Yeah. But. No, I I like that. That's it's not a, a teen that's drama. A good way of it's a young adult drama because there you 20. go. But yeah, so I I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the show does it. I really like how the books do it, and I think that it could actually come off even better in the show in some ways given that they gave him further to grow, given that they gave him further to go from his original beginnings, even though I will absolutely admit that the fact that Abel Cawthon is not Tam Althor light uh, does annoy the crap out of me because I really like Abel as a character um, in the books and really don't like him as a character in the show. <laughs> But that's really neither here nor there. I like Matt. I, I did not like Matt very much in books one and two, but he absolutely gets amazing later on. Um, and the things that happen to him and that he comes back from are incredibly impressive, if nothing else. So those are my final thoughts. I like the guy. Good character development. And I hope that they stick with that Uh idea even if they don't necessarily stick with all of the events in the show yeah um honestly like i would say by and large uh i agree with you um though i don't recall a moment where i didn't like matt um he was never my favorite but i also never didn't like him though i went through spats where i was like i'm i'm kind of sick of parent um <laughs> So I guess in a tier Who list, for me, it's like Rand, Matt, and Perrin, if we're looking at the, the three of them. Sure. Um, uh, and even without, even if we included, like, all of the MFL five, it would probably be Rand, Matt, Nynaeve, Perrin, and Egwene. Um, not Pretty saying Egwene is the worst. 
But she's the worst of the Evansfield five. Of that list, you know, the ones that (laughs) resonate with me and how I read and interpret the story, just kind of last on that list. Sure. Of Evansfielders. Um, There's... Matt just seems to to fit that trope, or I don't even know how much of a trope it is, to be honest with you, of by the end, he's very much that hardened general, that war-forged general that everybody thinks is a hard-ass, but in all reality, he really cares about his, uh, his troops and his people. I might be the only one talking here. I wonder if my internet cut out. Who knows? Um... Uh, you did pause for me, but I thought it might have been my computer. So you might want to oh, say that you... phrase again, just in case. Pause for me. Um, so we'll we'll restart over. Um, he very much by the end of the story comes off as that warforged general who was a hard ass and a stickler for military discipline and order. But in reality, he does it not because you just need to listen to me, but because, like, I've been through this. This is the best thing to ensure most of you survive. And we see Matt transition from uh, character sub-archetype to character sub-archetype pretty uh, a fair few times over the series. Um, He goes from the mischievous scamp to the mischievous... Uh, unwilling leader to the mischievous mischievous leader uh, to the unwilling general who is still a little bit uh, mischievous. Like he never he never completely loses. Um, it his takes a proclivity for mischief. Seat. Yeah, yeah. It takes a back burner um, seat, but at the same time, it's always there, just waiting. <laughs> and it also takes on a, a more utilitarian uh, seat. Mm. Truth. He learns to kind of weaponize his mischievous mind, which has been, let's say, literally kindly a quarter replaced by the memories of long dead generals <laughs> and warfighters. Um, and he comes out on the other side of many a traumatic events, uh, events that would buckle many people, and he comes out of them with. You know, with humor. I mean, like one of the most famous Matt quotes, uh, besides Doviandis and Tobias Seguin, mm-hmm. is alive, gloriously alive today. Um, and it's it's a bit of a touch on, and I feel like Robert Jordan intended it to be a bit of a touch on that morbid sense of humor that is so prevalent prevalent in the military. Oh yeah. You know, it's 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 not that uncommon to, to meet like combat vets or people that are like, "Oh, how are you doing today?" Oh, I haven't been shot in the head yet. You know, right? It's it's a morbid sense of humor that is. I just want twofold. to throw out there, real quick, not to interrupt you too much, but I will say I think that the whole phrase is actually kind of important. There, I really love the whole quote, which is "almost dead today, probably right. dead tomorrow, but alive." Gloriously alive today. I could not remember the entire quote, so thank you for yep. that. That was actually no, no, really it's, needed. It's good. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I love it. But I, yeah, it's, I, it's I, the same kind of like morbid um, hilarity mm-hmm. to it. Um, but just like uh, like Iris Bear is talking about in the live chat, that the Band of the Red Hands theme song becomes "Dance with Jack of the Shadows." That's literally like it's it's their interpretation, their version, their era's version of dancing with death, of going off to die. Oh, yeah. um, 
And if you uh, if you ever listen, there was one that uh, a couple months back, if not a year back, got really popular on TikTok. It was an army cadence that a guy made a rap uh, song out of. And it highlighted a cadence um, where it was basically like a guy left his home to join the army. His mom thought that he would surely die in war. There are a thousand and one cadences that do this kind of thing. Um, there are cadences that I remember singing in high school as a JROTC cadet, which is just playing Boy Scout version of the military <laughs> as Josh comes in with an actual hat. Look at that. I'm um, back. Um, that, that made the same kind of joke. I mean, there's there's all kinds of, of cadences about going off the excuse me, going off to war and facing uh, these austere conditions and dying, and it's all said in, like, this kind of jokey sense mm-hmm. because you have to desensitize yourselves. Yeah. You can't go into into war like Matt does over and over again and like the band goes into over and over again, constantly being afraid of death because if you're constantly afraid of death, you won't do what you need to do for the person to your when left you and your right, do it. and people yep. will die. Which so is a pretty the common... best way to deal with death and, and war is to kind of make a joke of it, to make light of it. Because or... every every person on the battlefield knows that at any second, they could be the one. Their number could be up at oh, any yeah. second. But you can't think about that. If you go into oh, combat yeah. and you think, I'm about to die, you're going to freeze, you're going to fail, you're going to falter. And that doesn't mean that you die. It means that Sometimes you it and the person to your left and your right and your front and your back dies because you failed to do something. So yep. you, you so, kind of got of got to do this too. Go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say. So there's there's an old samurai proverb as well that says when you wake up, immediately ponder the nature of your death. And it's not. It's it's it, there's different methods of doing Talk this. About, uh, wake modern up, times get knocked down again. Modern times, we've 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 uh, fostered. I drink a, lot a whiskey of dark drink. Humor, I drink a, a gym drink. Gallows. Drink humor, a tequila drink, as it has been stated in the chat. Drink an arsenic. Um, it's it's. I don't think it's making light of it. I think it's. I think. It, well, I mean, according to a particular definition, it is making light of it. But I think what the 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 more important thing of it is is to it's more like humility to me sort of face the reality that this is a possibility in in a small dose right so that you don't have to face that all at once because if you face it all at once yeah you're you're yeah. gonna freeze rising is a small and dose so. you're gonna get hurt or someone next to you is gonna get hurt but that's but but matt even makes this uh see that, that was a good example right then there. as well <laughs> josh is being dead serious about this you can die in combat and i'm making jokes about arsenic and risin and risin being a small dose and daniel's that is exactly how that phrase that infamous quote from matt is treating death it's it doesn't diminish the seriousness and the reality of people are going to fucking die it is war but But matt goes look make sure that everybody who can makes it out and how do you make sure that everybody who does makes it out okay and, and yeah I, that's what Matt matt's does focus is on over again and matt's focus as a general of doing allowing the band of the red hand to form and to march and sing dance with the jack of shadows 
is both caution and and playfulness. It's well, a cautionary tale. We could any of us could die at any second. Uh-huh. But because we know that any of us could die at any second, we also know that we need to all do what we have to do at every given second to yeah, minimize the people that could potentially pay for us failing to do our job. And it becomes yeah, a yeah. pseudo kind of reverse psychology of forcing people to put their best foot forward to get the best results. And it's one of the things he, he definitely fought on the absolute wrong side of the war. I am not advocating for his side of the war at all, but it's one of the things that Stonewall Jackson uh, became famous for in the American civil war. Cause he was noted for getting more out of his troops and artillery mm-hmm. than almost any other unit in the Confederate States of America. Well, and I definitely think that you can respect it. Yeah, I think that you can respect someone for what they did, even if it wasn't the best thing in the world. Like Stonewall Jackson thought that he was fighting on the wrong side. side. Yeah, you 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 can you can appreciate someone's acumen and still disagree with them and recognize that they did horrible things. Yes. Um, All right, Josh, your final thoughts. Go right now. Final thoughts on Matt. Matt is one of the biggest characters in the Wheel of Time. And what I mean by that is he goes from small town boy. He does the same thing, right, with wardrobe changes that Rand does. Um, He goes from small town, good stout, two rivers, woolen, to... Just a little bit of lace. He gets a taste, but he gets a taste of a good life. Let's see what it tastes like. Um, Matt has the finest. I, How I'll die on this many show. people can we piss off in one episode? <laughs> Keep going. Um, Matt has the finest point of view, oh, perspective <laughs> writing in the series. All right, bar none, hands down. I will die on this hill, and I think it is so good. Weird hill to die on, but at least you're dead. As the readers are convinced, his perspective is so strong, so certain, and so confident that we're convinced that he's seeing things as reality. He's not. Guys, Oliver is an adorable little shit. He's jealous that Oliver has got the ladies fawning all over him. So he makes comments about who do you think he learned it from josh ugly there is a specific instance where he's not jealous he's actually he's legitimately mad that women are leaving to go with oliver and take him other places rather than staying he's legitimately mad but you don't know that because matt is so confident in his perspective i was talking about his episodes with thailand where he was legitimately mad That the servants were leaving to spend another time with Oliver. Another one. Which isn't Oliver's fault. Also, can I just say, I actually have a strong feeling that Chell Vannon might not actually be fat. Just saying. Because <laughs> if he's that say, wrong about Oliver's being unattractive, he's probably equally as incorrect about Chell Vannon being a fat sack of suet. Love it. So Matt also has still your callbacks to Nordic mythology. Like Odin, he sacrificed an eye to gain what he needed to win the last battle. Like Odin, ravens. he carries a spear that has mystical magical properties. 
Um, oh, near bitch. Like Odin, he is symbol. He's symbolized with ravens. I mean, that's, they, that's they, what the Vikings did up and down the coast of Europe. They just popped up with their neck. This represent. Go near bitch. Um, no, so Matt, Matt's one of the biggest characters. I and I really, I gotta say, I really, really, really like Matt as a character as well. Um, he's he shows a tremendous amount of growth, and yeah, it's just it's good. And we could uh, we could spend the next forty eight hours talking about Matt easily. You want to hear us talk more about Norse mythology and the Wheel of Time? There's an episode way back. I don't know the season. I don't know the number, but it's back there somewhere. Maybe we should readdress it. We don't get it. nice. We get Norse. If you want to re if you want us to readdress that subject, leave a comment down below saying, "Wait a minute." I don't remember that. Talk about it. More. Oh, well, there goes Daniel now. Daniel's computer died. The, the change is affected. Should we sign out before too much more of this happens? Or do we want yeah, to give Daniel I mean, a few minutes to come back? Uh, let's ask him if he wants to come back. Come, my Daniel. Come, come, my Daniel. <laughs> my sugar. Honey. Baby. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Shit. This isn't it's the worst technically episode. challenged episode though, so that's that's pretty lucky, I guess. I, I also need to get uh pictures, so he does need to come back so I can get a picture or send oh him yeah. Selfie. So for those of you so that, that don't know, thumbnail, which it should be everybody because we haven't talked about it. Uh, Josh is our new thumbnail artist, so if you have ideas, suggestions, uh, reviews, reflections on the thumbnails. Let Josh know. Uh, because he's taking over the thumbnails because he does a lot better job than I who used to make them in PowerPoint with clip art. Because uh, I'm a lazy bitch and I'm not artistic. So. Do, 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 do. Uh, okay, Daniel says go ahead and sign up for him because it's going to be a bit before he can even charge All up right. to get back on. Well, he'll have to send me a picture. But that's okay. Thanks, everyone. Oh. That picture. In. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Thanks everyone for being here, for tuning in for another episode of the Black Tower Podcast. We thank you for your professional behavior whilst we dole out your weekly dose of taint. Um, we thank you uh, for your enjoyment of this episode, and we hope that uh, as you leave here, you leave just a little bit more insane than you were when you first started. I got something shining right in my face. I don't know what it is. It's your own reflection of how glorious and glamorous um, you are. From all of us here at the Black Tower, I say to you with the utmost gratitude, I have been your Surovan Hale, Josh. And I have been your Bly John Mahal, Andrew. Thank you so much uh, for coming out and listening or watching or both or whichever one it is you do. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, and we cannot thank you enough for it. And of course, our Amon Khan Mahal himself, who just left us just a few short moments ago to go wave the banner somewhere else where there's a charger for his laptop. Uh, definitely <laughs> thank you. <laughs> For being here and listening we have had a long podcast day uh, so we appreciate your understanding that at least he got his final thoughts out before he left it's true but true 
Um, thank you all again. Let us know what you think about your favorite mo moments from Matt. Maybe what are your favorite lessons that you think from Matt? Uh, what are your favorite aspects and maybe the Norse mythology and other mythological impressions on Matt? Uh, I know we didn't really go as methodical through Matt as we do normally in character dives, but I kind of liked it a lot more than just going through a summary of a character, which you can read for yourself. But let us know in the comment section down below what you thought and uh, make sure if you, you don't subscribe have any thoughts, ask your friends as well yeah don't miss out subscribe, on these videos like do all the stuff and i'm and, not gonna uh, say buy on, youtube on. premium but if you hold have on, youtube premium definitely use it you know because you can listen to us without having to watch us i am daniel your almond con mahal and uh we hope that wherever you are you're having a wonderful time and in case we don't see you again Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I tried to do the mustache twirl. I can't do it as well as he did. It did. Well, at least I'll have a face to put to where he got that from, but I still don't know what movie it's from. Is it from the Truman Show? Oh, yeah, it is. The show. Oh, well, shit. There we go.